should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my Whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies, I draw thee closer to him for care. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. Good job, Miss Oni. Amen. My favorite song. Love that song. I'm going to move this out of the way. I got a little video I want to play from the skit guys. I think I played it last year on Palm Sunday, but just this morning it just kind of didn't. Uh, can you turn them off, brother? Can you turn the lights off? I, uh, I uh, just didn't get to... Something's playing. Hello. Earth to the guys in the sound room. There is nothing on, sir. 
Something is on in the speakers. It's probably picking up through your headset. No, it's a video playing or something. Put your good ear on it. Sir, I have the CD player off, the DVD player off, the VCR off. Would somebody tell him that you hear something? Because he specifically thinks the preacher's lying in the house of God tonight. There is, the only thing plugged in is this video. That's it. He don't know nothing. It's still playing. If you have a cell phone on, can you please turn it off? I don't think it's a cell phone. Pastor Mark has a headset that picks up frequencies for cell phones, radios, and iPads. It's something coming out of the speakers, some kind of sound. Welcome to Sunday night service. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we don't have any uh, can lights either, so we had a problem somewhere. We got something going on. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I, I, I want to say thank you for coming tonight. I want to play this little video. I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the skit, guys, but they are some funny cats, man. And, and uh, everything they do, it's just to honor God. And So we're going to play this little video for you guys real quick here to talk to you about something really great, Palm Sunday. Yeah, that's the Sunday that we paint our palms purple to commemorate King Saul talking to that palm reader lady, and then we wave him in the air. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's yes, not. Yes, it no. is. What Bible do you read? Palm Sunday commemorates the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Now picture this. Jesus rode in on a donkey while the crowds put their cloaks and palm branches all over the ground shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. That's what I said. That's what I meant. Okay, now picture this. Jesus' popularity was going viral. I mean, he just raised Lazarus from the dead in the same community just a few days earlier. Wait, post-dead Lazarus was maybe at the very first Palm Sunday? Yeah, probably. That's so cool. I bet if he was there, he was probably like, And you're a thriller, thriller, Jesus. You raised me from the dead when you said, Get up, get up, get up, ooh! <laughs> Now, to complete all of this, Jesus needed a donkey. Now, you'd think that a king or a prince would ride in on a horse, but not Jesus. He knew the message that he wanted to send. You see, a donkey represents peace. Anybody riding a donkey represented peaceful intentions. Yeah, it says right here in Matthew 21, it says that Jesus sent two of his disciples to get him a donkey. Yeah. Hey, I wonder which two he sent. Mm, maybe Thomas. I doubt it. I bet he sent Andrew. Andrew would totally do that, and probably Tony. I bet he said Andrew and Tony. Tony's not a disciple. Oh, sorry. Tony is. Still not a disciple. What translation of the Bible do you read? Jesus needed a donkey, so he asked two disciples to go get him a donkey. He told them they would find one in town, tied there next to a colt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he says, untie them and bring them to me. And if somebody asks you about it, you tell them the Lord needs them? Jeez. Yeah. What? Well, Jesus just told his disciples to go steal a donkey for him. What Bible do you read? It doesn't say that at all. I can't figure this out. I mean, Jesus, he changed water into wine. Cool. He fed the 4,000. He fed right? the 5,000. What? He fed the 5,000. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Not the fourth. It's the 5,000. We're splitting hairs. I'm sorry. Jesus fed a large group of people. and That's cool. He, he healed people with leprosy. He raises Lazarus from the dead, and then boom, he's like, hey guys, go steal me a donkey. I'm just saying, I don't think that's very WWJD. The significance of Jesus riding in on a donkey, which he did not steal, 
was to fulfill the prophecy that is found in Zechariah 9.9. Yeah, but the... And the king, riding in on a lowly donkey with his way paved with palm branches, the palm branches symbolize triumph or victory. The what? The palm branches. The branch... Palm thought... branches, Palm Sunday. The... I thought it was the palm... They should call it Branch Sunday, because that's confusing. We all have palms with us all the time. I just, I feel bad. I... I'm sorry, Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is a time for us to prepare our hearts for the agony of his passion and the joy of his resurrection. So this week, let's cover the road to the cross with our hearts, our souls, and our minds as we reflect on the final week of Jesus' life. And let's celebrate in anticipation the return of the King of Kings. Praise God, amen. You got a Bible, open it up to Luke. Oh, if you got to uh, stay for a little while today, man, we had a really, really awesome service this morning and uh, I think we wound up with eight or nine baptisms this morning, so praise God for that, would you, amen? I uh, always love it when we can uh, come together, and Rayford, you're supposed to be helping me, man, where you at? Help me set this thing, come here, cowboy. I always love it when we can come together and do what we did this morning, pray over people and watch people change their lives and, and uh, uh, get healed and set free and delivered and I uh, I was studying my Bible this afternoon. It takes me to, I was looking for that video, and it, I was thinking about that donkey, and then I was thinking about you. I don't know how the two is going to come together tonight, but <laughs> Luke 19, 31. Luke 19.31 says, If anyone asks, Why are you untying that colt? Just say, The Lord needs it. That's where we are tonight. What an honor and a privilege it is to be used by God. Somebody ought to hear me tonight. I said, What an honor and a privilege it is to be used by God. You know, sometimes the ministry will just wear you down. It'll wear you out. It'll cause you sleepless nights. It'll make you cry. You pace the floor. But at the end of the day, what an honor and a privilege it is to just be used by God. God is looking to use all of us, each and every one of us. Imagine that you discovered a simple cure for every kind of cancer that there was. If you discovered the cure for cancer, wouldn't you want to share that with somebody? Wouldn't you want to help somebody? Of course you would. Well, humanity is sick. And there's a far worse disease than cancer. It's called sin. And people are living in sin each and every day. 
And God needs you and I to be like this donkey and carry that load and go tell people about him. You and I are to be like that donkey and to be used by God. And humanity is sick with something far worse than cancer. It's called sin, and it causes a never-ending death. But God, in his mercy, has provided the cure, his son, Jesus Christ. The great news is to be shared everywhere. The, the news of Jesus Christ is to be shared everywhere. Who believes that tonight? Who believes that tonight? He's a fix-all to all problems. He's a solution to every need. I was talking with someone the other day about an organization that I used to be involved with, and I was really deeply looking for something to fill this gap in my heart. So I had joined this, this club, this fraternity of men, and I, I, I was searching to be accepted. I was searching to be close to. I was searching for something to take me to the next level. Well, that organization didn't do it. It was Jesus Christ who done it. There are a lot of people in this world that are searching. They're searching. They're searching peace. They're searching for something to hope in. They're searching for a Savior. They're searching for Jesus. But a lot of people never hear the gospel because we keep our mouths shut too much. We, we're afraid of they might judge us or what they might think of us or, or this and that and the other. If you had the cure for cancer, wouldn't you want to share that? If you have Jesus, you're supposed to share it. Jesus' last commandment to his disciples was to share the gospel and help people all around the world become his followers. Acts 1.8. How am I supposed to do that, Brother Mark? You're supposed to tell your story. Hear me tonight. You're supposed to tell your story. How can I be used by God? A lot of people say, "Use." I want to be used. I want to be on this team. I want to be on this ministry. I want to, I want to help here. I want to do this. I want to do that. Just tell your story. Just tell your story. Tell what God has done for you. Man, here you got this donkey. Can you think about this colt for a minute? Can you imagine him just being tied there? He didn't know what was about to take place. He was about to carry a king, a king of all kings. What an honor. What a privilege. Sometimes I don't feel worthy of this calling that God has placed upon my life. But I know if I don't do it, nobody else will. I've learned that a long time ago. If I don't do it, nobody else will. God calls you and I to tell our stories. Why, Brother Mark? Why, why are we supposed to tell our stories? You can start by sharing it with a friend, by telling them what happened to you. John's gospel tells us how, how Jesus healed the blind man. The hostile leaders kept questioning him about Jesus. The man who, who regained his sight simply said, one thing I do know is that I was blind, and now I see. I was once a liar. I was once this, and I was once that. But God showed me another way. I'm just a sinner saved by an amazing grace. And we're supposed to share that story. 
And if you were to pop up in your seat tonight, if you were to jump up there, and if somebody was to say, oh, well, tell me your story, would you be able to quote it? I, I tell people all the time, I want you to give your testimony, and they go home and they write 10 pages, and they come and they read their testimony. You, don't, you, don't, you, you know what God did for me? I ain't got to write it down. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what he did for me. And I don't skip a beat, and I don't miss a mark. And I know what he did for me last week. I know what he did for me yesterday. I can give a testimony of how he saved my ministry four years ago. You ought to be in ready to give your testimony. You ought to be ready to tell a story. And let that story be his story. Let it be what he did for you. You hear a lot about Joel Osteen and his ministry and how people are always hating on him and this and that and the other. But his mother is a living, breathing witness to what God can do. She had terminal ill cancer. All the best doctors had seen her. And all the best doctors gave the same results. You just got a few months to live. She didn't believe those results. She prayed to God and God healed her. God's still doing that today. When we tell our stories, when we share our story with other people. Can I say this to you right now? Because you need to hear me. People need to hear our stories. Last night I was home and, man, I had a grand time and it was great. And we were just having family time and it was awesome. And, man, I was just overjoyed with, uh, with, with the weekend. The, 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 the work day was awesome. And, and we were outside. We were messing with our chicken coop. We are getting ready for some chickens, and I've never had chickens, but I'm excited about chickens, and uh, so I, I, I'm ready for my chickens, and so we were working on the coop, and the man across the street came over with a dozen chicken eggs. He said, I, I, I've, been, I've been raising chickens for a long time, saw you out here working on your coop. I thought I'd come over and introduce myself and bring you some eggs. My eggs, I, I said, man, thank you. He said, now, if you want some good chickens, I'll tell you where to get them and this and that and the other. And, and uh, he was telling me all kinds of stuff about chickens. And that conversation turned into the Lord. And we were sitting there, and we were just sharing about the goodness of God, what God has done in his life and what God had done in my life. And I got a bench. I got a bench that... My friends gave me for, for, for Christmas, it's a, it's, a, it's a pew out of a First Baptist Church in Liberty, Texas. They were getting new pews, so they wanted to get me a pew for my porch. So when I had people come over, we could sit on that pew. And I was honored not to get but one, but I got two. I got the one from the first row of church sitting on my front porch, and I got the one from the youth building on my back porch. So I'm honored to have those two pews. And while we were talking about chickens, I said, man, let's ha just have a seat. Let's visit a while. That turned into a two-hour conversation about how great my God is and I'm telling them these stories and I and I look over and my brother is just crying away he just bawling I mean just bawling just just crying and 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 and, and, and he says you know what I'm so glad I came here tonight you see I'm going through something at work I'm being bullied at work he's 55 years old he said, I'm up against Goliath and Goliath. 
and I feel like David. I said, what do you mean you're up against Goliath and Goliath? He said, well, I'm up against my boss, and my boss is the brother-in-law to the owner of the company. And he threatened me, and he bullied me, and he told me I better not mess with him. And Now I feel like if I go to work tomorrow, something could happen. I said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I began to witness to him, and I looked over at him, and Carl, he, I didn't know this man. I've never shook his hand before. We was telling stories, and in that stories, I looked, he was just bawling. He was just crying, and you know what? And I, I, I'm not a crier, really, unless God's just moving with tears. But on the inside, man, my heart was just bleeding, man. I was crying on the inside, and man, we just had such great and when he left, he said, you're the next Billy Graham. You should write a book about all that stuff. I said, I'll receive that. <laughs> we got to witness in there. And I said, you know what you, I think you ought to do? I've done it before. I do it all the time. I walk up to people and say, if I've offended you, I'm sorry. I may not have done nothing. They may, may, they may just be looking to get offended. But I walk up and say, you know what, if I've offended you in any way, I just want to tell you I loved you and I'm sorry. I said, why don't you try that on Monday? And watch this. Watch this. This is what God told me to say. I said, why don't you walk in Monday, look him in the face, and tell him you're a Christian. And, and, and you know what? You love him, and, and, and God's got a plan for your life and his, and you don't want no problems with anybody. So if I've done anything to offend you, I'm sorry. He said, wow, I never thought of that. We kept talking. We kept talking. And he was telling me about another place where he worked and how another guy was kind of doing the same thing to him. And finally that guy came up to him and asked him for forgiveness. He told me a testimony about how he was working somebody and some guy was doing the same thing. And, I, and he, that guy asked him for forgiveness. And he said, man, I forgave him. That guy said, I'll never hurt you again. I'll never belittle you again. I'll never treat you ugly again. And man, let me say this to you. That was a prime opportunity to let God really in. See, first you got to tell your stories. And then you got to tell God's story. Just like being used by this donkey. That was good stuff tonight. I said, you know what, man? That guy asked you to forgive him, and you accepted it. What about if you go and ask this guy to forgive you if you've done anything, and he accepts it? And not only if he accepts that, but he accepts Christ. Because one thing I've learned is hurting people hurt other people. And we live in a world where people are hurting we live in a world where people just want to hurt us, and 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 and, and 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 no matter what we do or how we act, sometimes you can't avoid being hurt. And I told him, I said, "Man, the Bible says, do unto others as ye would have done unto you.'" And I said to myself, I said to myself, "There's a story in the Bible of a man who was forgiven for his debt." He had this large, large debt. I don't even know where it is in the Bible, but I just remember reading it. See, because you've got to give your testimony. Then you've got to read your Bible so that you can give Bible testimonies. And I read this story of this man who had a large debt. 
and, and, and he owed this big, large debt, and no matter, no matter what, he couldn't pay it back. So the king went and got the guy, and by all rights, he should have killed the guy because he owed him so much money he was never going to pay him back. But the king forgave the guy. And the guy said, thank you so much for forgiving me. And then he left out of there happy, debt-free, on his way. And then he saw somebody else that, that owed him money. Anybody read that story in the Bible? He saw somebody else that owed him money, and he couldn't forgive his debt. And then when the Lord, the king, heard about it, he went and got that guy, bound him up, put him in prison where he belonged, or did whatever he did to him. I can't remember what the story goes. But I got to share that last night. Listen to me. Listen to me. Start sharing your own stories. Telling how God has changed you, how God has forgiven you of your sins, how your life now reflects God, and people notice it. And then tell God's story. After telling your story, go out and share God's story. And part of God's story is this. The cost of sin is death. Sometimes it's hard to say that to somebody that you know is lost. But if you are not going to be used by God, you might as well get up out of this church and just go on out tonight. If you're not willing to, 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 to help, what are you doing here? This is the core group. This is the body. These are the donkeys. After telling your story, go and share that the cost of sin is death, but there's a free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Tell people, tell our friends that no one is good. Not one person is good. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. But you can receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I love that Jesus gave us the right to become his children. Freely, willingly. The Bible says that he gave us the right to become his children. And it's a simple invite. To invite your friend to ask Jesus into his heart, ask him to be forgiven of their sins. It's a simple invite. First you tell your story, then you tell God's story. How many can tell their testimony now if I called on you? How many could tell a story from God if I called on you? That's all God wants us to do. That's all God wants us to do is to be willing to tell. It's a great commandment to go out and tell the world. He says, love your neighbor as you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor and go out and tell people about him. But too many people just close up and they don't say anything. I'm thankful for those who help others look to Jesus they can't do it on their power. They need the power of the Holy Spirit. To tell God's story and to tell your story, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Here I got this complete stranger on my, on my front door. I got this man living right across the street at me. Am I to tell him that I, I, I've been to prison? 
Am I to tell him my past was rough? Am I to tell him all these things that I've been through and now look at where I am today? That takes a lot of guts. No, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. And when you have that power, you can just speak it. Help others look to Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Tell your stories. Tell God's story. I told my friend, I told my friend, I said, now it's up to you to do what you need to do. We had these long conversations. We went all over the place. But I kept going back to go in there and ask that brother to forgive you if you've done anything to him. And if he never changes or he cusses you out again or he gets you fired or tries to hurt you, it was going to happen anyway. But as long as it depends on you and God, that's all that matters. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. I said sometimes, and I, and I ain't kidding, I said sometimes I go into my prayer closet like a little kitty cat and I come out like a lion. Sometimes I go back to the house with my tail tucked between my legs wondering how I'm going to do this one more day. I get in my prayer with God and I just come out just roaring and ready to go. We were on our way to church this morning and I got me a new CD at Lifeway and there's a new song I like to sing. What is that song, Mary? I can't hear you. Greater. How's it go? Come on, stand up, give a testimony. Greater, greater. That's not it. That's somebody else's song. It's Mercy Me. Greater. Anybody heard it? Mercy Me. Greater. It talks about knowing. It talks about knowing. Who you are in Christ. And greater. God can help you. God can save you. God can set you free. He is so great. He is so mighty. He is so powerful. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Not everyone will decide to follow Christ. You have to leave the results to God. Our job is just to share the good news. And God will take care of the rest. Who believes that tonight? Our job is to share the good news, help others find the Lord, and leave the results to Him. I was telling Brother Scott this at lunch, that same story. I said, you know what, if this guy picks on my brother again, Scott, we might have to go over and visit him in Porter and scare some Jesus in him. But a lot of times people take our kindness for weakness. They take our meekness for weakness. I told him, be strong, be courageous. Tell your story. Tell him that you're saved, you're born again. You don't want no trouble, you forgive him. Hope he can forgive you. If you've done anything, let it go. When was the last time you owned up? When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me to become what you want me to be, Lord. Lord, I know I'm not there yet, but I want to be there, Lord. That donkey was in the right place. He said, go get that donkey. If anybody asks, tell him the Lord needs him. If anybody asks why you come to church, you tell them the Lord needs you. Huh? If anybody asks why you're a Christian dad, you say the Lord needs me. If anybody asks why you're a Christian wife, you say the Lord needs me. The Lord needs us, each and every one of us. Till that great return. 
I love y'all. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for our time together, Lord. Lord, thank you for this calm Sunday. And Lord, we just lift you up. Lord, we're coming into Holy Week, Father. Our way to the cross. Let us all pray and read our Bible this week. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that no tomb could hold you. And that you sat on the right hand of the Father. And that you left the Holy Spirit as a great comforter to help us get through every day. Lord, just like something was coming through those speakers earlier, let something come out of our mouths that the word can, that the world may know you're the one true king. Hosanna, save us. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen. Bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful.